0: Our plan is to talk about the food waste rate. People can fill out a consultation form now. Can they do it now, guys?
1: That's right. It opened on the um, the 2nd of March. Uh, So that's open. So if you go into Waikato District Council uh, onto the website and say it, and you'll be able to follow the link on there. Uh, There's also um, consultation forms at the library, Um, and I've yet drop off the forms to the community house as well unfortunately my farm is in isolation uh, at the moment and my partner's positive so we're sitting here and I'm working from home so I might have to get someone to get the forms to take up to the Ragland community house as well
0: yeah yeah uh, so the so the scenario with the food waste at the moment is is council is paying for it this current year via an external fund. Has that funding dried up, Lisa? Is that what's happening here?
1: It's not dried up. It's actually part of the waste minimisation fund that we have, that all councils have. And so we, uh, as you know, last year um, council agreed to continue the food waste collection for another year. Uh, uh, 2021 to 2022 which is coming to an end at the end of the financial year Uh, so with myself and the community board and the support of the wonderful people at Extreme Zero Waste um, really championed for us to go out again to our community um, to consult um, on continuation of the curbside food waste collection which we know is really important to our community and something to remember Aaron is the hard work that's gone on for probably Liz for the last five years where we were really fortunate to be a trial community for the curbside food waste collection which Liz uh, was an integral part of that trial period and for I think the last five years we've had the food waste funded um, either by the magic of the team at Extreme Zero Waste and um, by the uh, waste minimisation fund, and also by the funding that um, Extreme had successfully got previously to do it. So we've had it, Liz, for about five years, haven't we, or four or five years, um, paid for by um, other organisations. So um, now it's time to go out again uh, to our community uh, to champion for the service.
0: And Lisa, you, you're on the, are you on the solid waste committee? Is that what it's called at council? <laughs>
1: Yep, that's right, I am. Or
0: subcommittee, I guess they always subcommittee. Yeah,
1: and the, and, the, and the subcommittee really looks at not only, um, you know, for Ragland, but across uh, the district. And because we are really fortunate and privileged in Ragland to have, um, you know, our... Extreme zero waste. Uh, we're the only community that has a service like this uh, across the district. And I know that Huntley and other communities, especially in the north, um, would love to have what Whangaroa has, um, you know, with our recycling, um, with extreme zero waste and our curbside food waste collection. So, and, and I think what we need to understand as communities across uh, Aotearoa is that the food waste will come in as a necessity. Um, and so it will become something that uh, every community, urbanised, will have. So do we, we'll- So is
0: there? A t- yeah. So I wanted to ask: Is there a timeline on that happening for our district, for Waikato district?
1: Um, We're hoping to implement that over the next uh, three to four years for our communities. Obviously, uh, we have really diverse communities, so uh, we would need to go out and work with our different um, communities across our district, Uh, and we're looking uh, very closely with Huntley um, about the recovery centre there um, and what the future of that will be. Uh, so, yes, so it, it is definitely in the pipeline uh, for all of our urban communities in the Waikato district. Sorry so, for talking so much. Though, no, I think it's Liz's turn. Oh no, well,
0: there's one other question I wanted to ask you, which is, so eventually the whole district will be doing it um, and it won't be just our community having a targeted rate. It'll just be something that the whole council does and probably every council does, around the country how long that's exactly right so how long are we likely to be in this sort of stopgap situation where it's a specific targeted rate just for raglan
1: well actually um we would have to look at that aaron because we've got urban and we've got rural so the rural ratepayers who won't be receiving the uh, curbside food waste collection um you know will probably not be willing to pay for that. So with all of our waste charges, it, it, it is more or less um, a targeted rate. So we would have to look at that across the district. So I can't actually um, answer that. So it might be that each urban community has a targeted rate specific for their waste. So okay. we are yet to determine what that looks like. So I don't want to preempt that discussion yeah, no, for right. the rest of the district.
0: Yeah, I yeah, know there's a big rural population. Uh, so, Liz eventually this is going to become compulsory um, do could could we just sort of wait could we just put the, the food waste um, system aside for a year or two and just come back to it um,
2: I, I think when we review um, how it goes with um, behaviour change and people getting used to a service that diverts um, different waste streams uh, if you stop a service and let People go back to what they were doing before, uh, which for a lot of people uh, might be putting the food waste in the, in the rubbish bag. Then you, you lose ground in terms of behaviour change. And that's something that uh, we've worked hard at with the food waste collection. How much? Is, um, um, getting people use, uh, using the service really well and, you know, using it properly, not putting rubbish in the, in the food waste bin,
0: yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, how much food waste was going, before you started the system, how much food waste was going into the blue bags?
2: Around um,
0: 35%. So, quite a lot.
2: Yeah. Even though Raglan's always been a good um, composting and, you know, pig feeding, chicken raising community, um, there was still quite a lot of food waste in the rubbish bags.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that would mean it's even higher for um, for, for other, other communities around the district, I imagine. Um, so I, I must admit, like you talk about the behaviour change thing, and I must admit, I used to have, I used to sort of have questions in my head about that, but I think we did see um, when COVID first hit around New Zealand, a lot of councils were like, okay, we don't care what you do with your rubbish; just throw it into something and we'll come and get it and chuck it all in, in the dump. And I know that down in Christchurch, they actually had real trouble after they did that, getting people to go back to their old habits, didn't they?
2: Yes, yes. It, it's um, definitely been observed in you know, a variety of settings that, that behaviour change is really important to keep people on board. Um, and it co- you know it, it takes quite a lot of resources to do the comms and get people uh, back on again plus the equipment, you know the bins etc um, could get used for other things and oh. um, yeah, it would probably <laughs> take us a you know a good year or two of hard work to get get us back to where, we're, where we are now.
0: Yeah it gets used for camping supplies and stuff like yes. that. Yes,
2: so, <laughs> and tools. And yeah,
0: puppies. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and
1: you know, I think it's fantastic. And um, there's an Aaron of you know when we saw um, Anthony Tufaro with his um, example of video of this is how we do our rubbish, our whanau, You know, and so that was really great when it was putting the brown bottles out and then um, the cans and another. Um, container and then the aluminium and another one. So, you know, I think that, that um, Liz, you're spot on that, you know, that behaviour change um, comes from that constant messaging, um, which is a lot of work. So if we were to lose something like the food waste, um, even for a period of time, perhaps a year, until it becomes um, a requirement by law to do it, uh, you know, people will forget and they'll be used to putting it back into their blue bag
0: Lisa, can I ask, is there a bit of, a bit of hesitation on behalf of your fellow councillors to make it compulsory in Raglan now, even though it's going to become compulsory in the future, just to get us through this year? Because it was, it was difficult last time we went out to consult.
1: I think there's definitely been an appetite for change for my fellow councillors because, uh, you know, now we have our climate um, staff member who's wor- working on what it looks like to do better for climate action. And definitely food waste is one of the Um, key components that she's been promoting as part of how we can divert waste from landfill um, and do better for climate and I think my fellow councillors uh, are much more on board about the necessity of taking more action um, across our communities in the district so I feel in a better position than we were last time Aaron but they don't want to say
0: they don't want to say it's going to be compulsory so let's make it compulsory next year
1: uh, no, we haven't had that discussion
0: yet. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Liz, back, back to you. Um, the, let's talk about then the benefits of the food waste. And one of you guys has got someone doing fly spray in the background, I can hear, by the way. Um.
1: Not me. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's Charlie, isn't it?
0: I can hear Charlie getting the flies. So, yeah, Liz, the, the benefits of, of the food waste, What's what, why is it important to take it out of the landfill? Let's talk about that. Uh, well, when you
2: put, um, organic waste, and it can be food waste, cardboard, paper, into the um, environment of the landfill, which is lacking in oxygen. Um, the bacteria that work on it to break it down create um, methane, methane gas, yep. and that is a very um, mm. strong um, greenhouse gas. So that's why that's a global um, perspective. Uh, also, the food waste. Uh, creates leachate in the landfill so that's it sort of decomposes into a brown liquidy acidic component that then flows down through landfill and strips out um, toxins on the way and then they go into the bottom of the landfill and eventually they will get into the ground eventually but um, older landfills that weren't lined have more of a problem with that but even our modern landfills, uh, the, the line is
0: only guaranteed for 50 years or so. Um, but they're, they're going to be there so, forever, forever, though, aren't and they? And
2: also, uh, then, there's, then there's the personal... Oh, sorry?
0: I was I was saying um, the, the the landfills are designed for 50 years, but they are going to be there forever, aren't they? Can you hear
2: Yeah, me? the landfill doesn't go away. Mm. The line is... The lining, the way that they line the big modern landfills is still has a limited lifespan. So, um, that's probably another deeper conversation if you want to um, talk about how landfills are constructed. But ideally, you don't, you know, if we can get the food waste out of the landfill stream, then we won't even have that problem of the leachate. So, it's a, a preventative. Measure It will help our landfills to last longer. It will protect our water, groundwater supplies for future generations. So it's just generally a good thing for the wider community. <clears throat> and then also there's the personal benefits of um, saving some money. Um, by the way, you use your rubbish bags because if you can get that stinky food out, you can actually make your um, rubbish bag last a lot longer before you have to put it out on the curb side. You know, you, you could probably go, some households that recycle really well um, could probably go for a month before they fill their blue rubbish bag.
0: So well, let's, actually I realise we haven't talked about the cost of this. We're talking about a targeted rate that would start on the 1st of June. Um, $72.90, was that the the cost of the rate we're talking about? Yes, it is. Okay. And so, and like, and I know Liz, you and I have been talking behind the scenes about, obviously if you take the food waste out of the blue bag, you're using the blue bags less, and we were kind of debating um, how much of a saving, like yes, you're paying more for your targeted rate, but you're also saving on your blue bag, so what what conclusion did we come to again? <laughs> uh,
2: uh, well, we didn't actually, Aaron. but I think it all depends on how, how big your family is, and Uh, How well you recycle, Um, you know, some people might currently be using, putting out two rubbish bags a week um, and others, uh, you know, single people, households wouldn't be using that many. So there's a little bit of variation depending on the, but I guess your average, I don't know what the average is for Raglan, but I would say it's, I think it's actually, is it about three people? In a house. Um, Per household, I think. I don't know. I I
0: have a different average. I I worked out um, because I made that film about extreme waste a few years ago and I I concluded that on on average, and it is kind of a hypothetical average because nobody's average, but about 30 blue bags a year are used per household on average. So obviously some use two a week and some use a yellow bag a month. I think John Lawson uses a blue bag every six months (laughs) by way of example. So there's huge variation, um, but it is, yeah on average 30, 30 a year.
1: Yeah. yeah and, and also, I guess, uh, for uh, for Faingaroa as well, we've got, um, you know, the uh, visiting population as well with the Airbnb uh, and the accommodation as well. That sort of changes um, that for our community, I guess. Would you agree, Liz? Because we've got, well, uh, you know, uh, in... Times not as challenging as these when we had more of the tourist numbers. Uh, that you know, so that adds a different dynamic to the curbside collection for both the food waste and the blue bags and
2: our recycling. Would you agree with that, Liz? Yes, yes, Lisa. You know, there's a lot of um, not permanently occupied homes, so it's it's really hard to do stats. I mean, things, Aaron. But the good thing is that I have to say is that a lot of the Airbnbs um, and Booker batches, they um, they do uh, encourage our visitors to use the food waste service. Mm, so mm. I, we see um, those accommodations actually using the service while they're being rented out. So that's good.
0: So I would say for I, so I'm going to I'm going to say my up. opinion. I've worked out. I guess. Is that for some people might actually claw back the whole of the the, um, the targeted rate, the food waste targeted rate, by spending less on blue bags? Other people not so much because they they never produced a lot in the first place. Uh, but then there's the other issue of there's the government's bringing in increased levies on landfill, isn't it, in the future? That and that cost will go into the blue bag. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, so uh, there is a tax of. Um, landfill going into the into the landfill of refuse going into the landfill and that currently sits at $20 a ton and it's due to go up to $60 a ton in two years time and there'll be a step in between as well I believe um, up to maybe this year after, after in the new financial year um, we might see the levies go up Thirty or forty dollars a ton. So, the, right, the rise in cost of moving landfill to the landfill will um, refuse the landfill will increase soon, very soon.
0: Do we know? So is there someone at extreme? See, who's, the public will see. <laughs> oh, sorry, Liz. We're having all sorts of funny things with the Zoom. I was going to say, is there someone at extreme who knows how much of the blue bag cost is actually that waste levy at the moment? Uh.
2: Yes, I could probably um, find that
0: out. Okay. Yeah. When, um don't worry. If we don't know it today, we don't know it today. That's cool. Um, just it'll be thing, a I fraction. You
2: know, it'll be a tiny fraction.
0: That's yeah. <laughs> all right. I wanted to ask about, um, you mentioned greenhouse gases before, Methane's a greenhouse gas. Do we know how much, what's the contribution of gases coming out of landfills to the greenhouse gas problem the world has? Mm. I don't have
2: that um, Figured on Off the top of my head Um, That might be a good question for Rachel Goddard um, Who it would be interesting to um, Have an interview with her about um, Climate change And the technical You know some of those technical questions
1: I agree, Liz. She's great. Um, are you talking,
2: were you asking me
0: about across the planet? Or... Um, I, <laughs> yeah, there's the, the, the trouble with all these sorts of questions. I was just trying to get an idea of the impact that that our f- food waste going into landfills has because because it doesn't decompose in the way that, that organic matter is supposed to decompose. Just to get an idea of the difference p- the community can make uh, by taking the food waste out of the blue bags. Mm
2: -hmm. And for me, Aaron, and, you know, the way we look at waste, we, we give it this label waste. A lot of our waste is actually, we should view it more as resource. You know, it's just giving it the name waste implies that it has no value for anything else, you know, and that's, the recycling program has turned that around to some Um, degree and um, people I think people still a lot of people still regard food scraps or spoiled food as something they just need to get rid of whereas it is actually a really valuable resource um, and it's an organic resource and in the way that nature deals with um, these kinds of um, materials is that they you know they return to the earth as a and they feed the soil, and that's what we should be doing with our organic waste. And, and that is what extremes um, doing,
0: basically, isn't it? At you a know, very completely... basic
2: level, we should not be putting it, sending it many kilometres on a truck, yeah. and putting it in a hole in the ground where it, with a whole lot of other stuff, where it actually causes problems.
0: So, Liz, you know, can, we, can I we ask? We need
2: to change the way we look at. Um,
0: can I ask if, or well, just briefly, because I think you've got to go at nine? Um, the, what happens to the food waste when it gets to extreme? What you're doing with it?
2: Yes, uh, when it comes to extreme, we we value it very highly. We look after it. We mix it up with. Um, and we put it through a very natural process, which requires no additives, um, just some careful management. And we make composts, which uh, lots of people might have tried. Now um, we make a few a few different products. It's still quite simple because we've been learning as we go. Um, but it's a very low-tech, low-cost process. We've tried to all um, so we don't have high technical um, requirements to maintain the system we use our existing equipment on our existing staff um, and yeah we make compost which is all sold locally um, to support the whole process so the the rate uh, pays for the service to the extreme gate and then everything we do with it after that we have to um, recover the costs ourselves so it's kind of a with the council and the community to recover that organic waste, get it to extreme where we then um, create a circular type process to produce compost. Which um, I'm I'm hearing good things about what the results that people get in their gardens. I've seen some wonderful, wonderful gardens um, that are using our um, compost.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Liz, um, your, your, your Zoom's breaking up a little bit as well, but um, I understand it's time for you to head off to another meeting. So thank you for your time. I hope you can hear me. Are you still there? Yes, yeah,
2: so my connection was a bit unstable. Can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, have, I can hear you, um, but sometimes it gets a little bit breaky-uppy. Um, so we might wrap up the, the food yes. waste discussion here, and I'm, I've got to talk to Lisa about other council issues. Um, so thank you for your time Liz and for folks who wanted to Thanks
2: Aaron, thanks Lisa
0: See you Liz, have a lovely day And for folks who wanted to know more about um, what happens with the the hot compost unit up at Extreme, I did interview Liz um, last week Uh, about that and um, we've got that podcast and and, and things on our website Lisa, do you want to we'll just go off the air for a second and get ourselves organised and um, I'm going to play What's the time? I'm just waiting. I'm just fudging things while the news becomes available to play. There we go. It's just clicked in. And um, Lesh and I will be back just with our, our normal council interview that we do in just a moment.